Pioneer Women Writers by Donald A. McKenzie From a Book of Great Men and Women This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Women writers were coming into prominence in the 18th century. At an earlier period, they were not numerous, less attention having been paid to the education of daughters than of sons. Queen Elizabeth was, as has been indicated, a pioneer woman writer, and other highly cultured ladies of her time included Lady Jane Grey, the Countess of Burleigh, Mildred Cook, and Margaret Moore, daughter of Sir Thomas Moore. Lady Fanshawe, wife of Sir Richard Fanshawe, the seventeenth-century poet, and translator of the Lusiads of Camoens, the Portuguese poet, wrote his memoirs, in which she proved herself an excellent prose stylist. The memoirs of Lucy Hutchinson, another seventeenth-century writer, are similarly of marked literary interest and value. She was an excellent linguist, and translated part of Virgil's Aeneid, and also Lucretius, into english verse her husband was one of the judges of king charles i but afterwards opposed cromwell's usurpation margaret duchess of newcastle who died in sixteen seventy four was a poetess of no small merit her best poem being the pastime and recreation of the queen of fairies in fairyland she on a dewy leaf doth bathe and as she sits the leaf doth wave there like a new-fallen flake of snow doth her white limbs in beauty show mrs catherine phillips sixteen thirty one through sixty four daughter of a london merchant who was praised by dryden and other contemporary writers wrote musical verse under the poetic name of urinda on subjects like love friendship the soul pleasure and death during the Augustan age, when the artificial style of writing was so fashionable and poets' themes were rarely rooted in the love of beauty, the Countess of Winchelsea, Anne Kingsmith, who died at sixty in 1720, was inspired by the attractions of external nature. Wordsworth regarded her as eminently meritorious in this respect. Her nocturnal reverie is of especial interest in the history of poetic art. Before James Thompson composed his seasons, she wrote vividly and with charm of country scenes. While sunburnt hills their swarthy looks conceal, and swelling haycocks thicken up the vale, when the loosed horse now, as his pasture leads, comes, comes slowly grazing through the adjoining meads, when nibbling sheep at large pursue their food, and unmolested kine rechew the cud, when curlews cry beneath the village walls, and to her straggling brood the partridge calls. Lady Mary Wortley Montague, 1689 through 1762, a native of Thoresby, Knotts, was a learned and cultured woman who wrote verse and prose. Her letters written from France, Italy, and Turkey, reveal her wit and literary ability, and are regarded as models of their kind. They were edited by Lord Warncliffe, her great-grandson in 1837, 
and later in 1861 and 1887 fuller editions were published. Lady Griselle Bally, 1665 through 1746, daughter of the Scottish Earl of Marchmont, was a writer of Scottish vernacular verse, her best-known song being Were Now My Heart Light. She was a forerunner of the school which reached its highest level in the works of Robert Burns. Another Scottish woman, poet of merit, was Lady Elizabeth Wardlaw, 1677 through 1727, who is regarded by some as the author of the famous ballad Sir Patrick Spens, or at least as the one who revised it. The king sits in Dunferline town, drinking the blood-red wine. O where will I get a skeely, skilful skipper, to sail this new ship o' mine? Shelley, in his Skylark, declares that our sweetest songs are those that tell of saddest thought. There is certainly sadness and sweetness in The Flowers of the Forest, of which there are two versions. Alicia Cockburn, 1713 through 95, wife of an Edinburgh advocate, wrote the version beginning, I've seen the smiling of fortune beguiling, I felt all its favors and found its decay. Sweet was its blessing, kind its caressing, but now tis fled, fled far away. The other version by Jean Elliot of Minto, seventeen twenty seven through eighteen o five, begins with the stanza I've heard the lilting at Yo Milking, lassies a lilting before the dawn of day, but now they are moaning on Ilka Green Loaning, the flowers of the forest are a weed away. Jean Elliot's song is a lament for the losses sustained by the Scots, who were defeated by the English in the Battle of Flodden. It is less seldom sung than the other, however, which, although usually taken for a Flodden lament, really referred to a financial disaster involving a number of Selkirkshire gentlemen. Both are sung to the same air. A pioneer woman novelist was Sarah Fielding, 1710, through 68, author of David Simple, The Governess, and The Countess of Delwyn. She was the sister of Henry Fielding. Mrs. Elizabeth Carter, 1717 through 1806, a native of Kent, wrote somewhat artificial poetry and was a famous Greek scholar. In 1758, she had published her scholarly book, All the Works of Epictetus, now extant, translated from the Greek. Charlotte Lennox, 1720 through 1804, whose father had been lieutenant governor of New York, wrote several novels, including the female Quixote, which has considerable merit. As a literary critic, Elizabeth Montague, 1720 through 1800, dealt chiefly with Shakespeare and was praised at home and on the continent. Her father was a Yorkshire squire. Hester Chapone, seventeen twenty seven through eighteen o one, daughter of a Northamptonshire squire, was an accomplished and attractive essayist. She contributed to Dr. Johnson's Rambler. A pioneer woman politician who wrote history with Republican leanings was Catherine McCulley, seventeen thirty one through ninety one. 
daughter of a Kentish proprietor. Another woman Republican was Helen Maria Williams, 1762 through 1827, a native of Berwick and daughter of an army officer. She went to Paris to stay with her sister. The wife of a Huguenot pastor was imprisoned by Robespierre and narrowly escaped execution. She wrote hymns, the best known being, My God, all nature owns thy sway, and while thee I seek protecting power. Anne Plumptre, 1760 through 1818, whose father was president of Queen's College, Cambridge, was a friend of Miss Williams and likewise a Republican. She translated German literature and wrote novels and accounts of her visits to France, Germany, and Ireland. Clara Reeves, 1729-1807, through 1807, a native of Ipswich, wrote some fiction which gives her a place in the history of romantic literature. Mrs. Piossi, previously Mrs. Thrale, 1741-1821, through 1821, who was greatly admired by Dr. Samuel Johnson, was the author of several works, including anecdotes of Dr. Johnson, she was a vivacious and charming lady with marked literary leanings. Her birthplace was Bodeville in Canar von Schier. Anna Seward, 1747-1809, through 1809, a literary critic who wrote verse in a poetical novel, Louisa, corresponded with Sir Walter Scott, and her letters were published. She was born at E.M. Rectory in Derbyshire. Hannah Moore, 1745-1833, through 1833, a native of Stapleton Village, now part of Bristol, wrote novels with a religious purpose and had some success as a playwright. Her tragedy, Percy, produced by Garrick, running at Drury Lane Theatre, London, for 21 nights. She wrote poetry which made appeal in her time, but is now forgotten. Her book sold well and enabled her to live well and happily. Characteristic of her style is the following extract from her Percy. If there is a sin more deeply black than others, distinguished from the list of common crimes, a legion in itself and doubly dear to the dark prince of hell, it is hypocrisy. Anna Letitia Barbold, 1743-1743, through 1825, a native of Kilworth Harcourt, Leicestershire, was an essayist and poet. Wordsworth admired her poem entitled Life, in which occur the lines, Life, we have been long together, through pleasant and through cloudy weather, tis hard to part when friends are dear, perhaps twill cost a sigh, a tear, then steal away, give little warning, choose thine own time, Say not good night, but in some brighter clime, bid me good morning. Isabel Pagan, seventeen forty through eighteen twenty one, an eccentric Scottish spinster, wrote the song Cathayos, beginning Cathayos to the nose, Cathem where the heather grows, Cathem where the burny rose, my bonny dearie. Burns used this refrain when he composed a new version of the lyric. Ka the yos means drive the ewes. Nose are knolls, little hills, and rose is rolls. Susanna Blamar, 
1747 through 94, a Cumberland woman, composed Scottish songs and also poems in the Cumbrian dialect, including one entitled Old Robin Fords, of which the following is an extract. I mind when I carried my wark to yon stile, where Willie was dakin the time to beguile. He wad flim me a daisy to put in my breast, and I hammered my nottle to make out a jest. Another Old Robin song is Old Robin Grey, which was written by Lady Anne Bernard, 1750 through 1825, daughter of James Lindsley, 5th Earl of Belcars, Fife. The secret of the authorship of this famous song was first revealed by Lady Anne in a letter to Sir Walter Scott, dated 8th July, 1823. Mrs. Elizabeth Grant, 1745 through 1814, a Bathshire lady who died at Bath, wrote the song Roy's Wife of Aldivalic, which used to be very popular. She is often confused with Mrs. Anne Grant, 1775 through 1838, the wife of a Highland clergyman who wrote verse, but is best known for her Letters from the Mountains, 1806, and superstitions of the highlanders eighteen eleven mrs amelia opie seventeen o nine through eighteen fifty three a native of norwich and wife of john opie r a seventeen sixty one through eighteen o seven wrote pathetic stories including the father and daughter eighteen o one which went through a number of editions she was also a poet her best-known poem being the orphan boy's tale stay lady stay for mercy's sake and hear a helpless orphan's tale ah sure my looks must pity wake tis want that makes my cheek so pale the boy's father was killed in the battle of the nile mrs hunter seventeen seventy two through eighteen twenty one a surgeon's daughter who married Dr. John Hunter, the famous physician, wrote several poems, including My Mother Bids Me Bind My Hair, which was given a musical setting by Haydn. Mrs. Tye, 1772 through 1810, the daughter of a Wicklow clergyman, composed distinguished verse, her highest achievement being Psyche, which influenced Keats, it is in Spenserian stanzas and reveals a fine sense of color and melody. The amethyst was there of violet hue, and there the topaz shed its golden ray. The chrysoberyl and the sapphire blue as the clear azure of a sunny day, where the mild eyes were amorous glances play. The snow-white jasper and the opal's flame, the blushing ruby and the agate gray and there the gem which bears his luckless name whose death by phoebus mourned ensured him deathless fame end of pioneer women writers by donald a mckenzie